welcome to Kiana Farmer, special guest today. Uh, got an honorary doctorate, uh, but had a great career in college basketball as well. So we'll get to know her a little bit. Uh, thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So Coach Gibbs sent me uh, a DM when you got the honor, posted that on Instagram, but uh, just give people a little bit of information on what your award was um, and some context to that. So um, I was nominated to receive an honorary doctorate from Trinity International School of Ambassadors. Um, and the award was for honorary doctor in philosophy, in philosophy of business administration. And then I also received a business and entrepreneurship coaching certification as well. Um, it was a very intense process. Um, you know, we had to turn in uh, quite a few letter recommendations. They wanted to do, you know, research on you. They wanted you, you had to be somebody who was actually making an impact in your community. Um, you know, and then also across the world, basically, um, and then actually making a difference in the world of business and just somebody who's just striving for greatness and actually um, put in some work. So it was definitely um, an intense process. Many were nominated and very few were chosen, as they say. So um, that's pretty much how it went. So, yeah, what was that process like? How did nominations occur? Um, and, you know, what were some of the requirements that you needed to, to check off? Um, so someone texted me one day and asked me for my email address. So I was just like, okay. So I sent them my email address and they told me to check it. And they were nominating me for this um, honor. And the process was turning in four-letter recommendations. Um, I had to turn in my resume as well, my college transcripts. Um, what else did I need to do? So that was the first part of it. And then we had to go through a round of interviews. Um, and actually, it, I think for me, it was um, destined for me to get it because I actually missed the deadline to get all the interview questions in. So um, I know before me, I know in the past they had done live interviews with the president and the committee and so for us they did video interviews where they had questions and it gave me like three minutes to answer the questions um and it ended up closing on me while I was in the process of doing it and I was just like oh my gosh like I'm not gonna get it I missed everything and so then it was like no you know I'm just gonna push forward and persevere um, so I actually had just submitted like a, a five minute video just talking about certain things for them and submitted it to them. So then time went on, sitting here and thing. And so they actually ended up reopening up the interview question because some more people um, it had closed to them as well. And so I went through that, asked a lot of intense questions. Um, you know, they really wanted to know what did you plan on doing? Um, with this honor how did you plan on serving people and making a difference how do you plan on using they want to know like your five-year plans for your for your life your goals um for your business um you know what type of change and impact you have been doing um so it was a lot of in-depth questions it was probably about a good 20 questions um and then after that i actually had to go through another series of maybe eight or 10 questions. And these were actual um, business consulting scenarios that we had to answer to showcase our um, 
entrepreneurship and business coaching um, skills. So that was that. Um, and the deadline was going to be May 15th is when they were going to notify everybody by. And it was May 13th and I hadn't heard anything, but I ended up getting an email from them on May 13th. It was like maybe um, three in the morning, I think, something like that. And they had sent me an email um, congratulating me on being accepted. And that's where it went from there. Um, and then I actually had found out that I was the youngest one to have received this honor um, since they have been, you know, doing honorary doctorates. And I was looking at the pictures of everyone. I was like, these women look, you know, well, me and two, they look uh, much older than me because I like a baby, obviously. <laughs> um, and so that's how I kind of put two and two together. And then when I was at the event, I actually found out that um, there was another guy um, who got nominated as well. And we're the same age, but I'm I'm still older than him. So he's really a year older than me, but um, so he'll be turning uh 28 in a few months. So technically I'm the youngest, but you know. <laughs> yeah. So were you just for background on that, were you studying at that school as well? Was there are you how did you get involved with that program? Um, no, I was not studying at this school. Um, someone else who had received the honorary doctorate from this school, um, I guess, you know, when they are going to go through a process again, they allow people who received the honor in the past to nominate um, future people. And so that's how I got nominated. So with this, um, obviously, you had to give some background on what your goals are, what you want to achieve, what you've done. Uh, what, yeah, go into some of those goals and aspirations that you do have for yourself. All right. So um, everything, I, I'm being on community engagement. I'm big on innovation, innovation and doing things, um, solving critical gaps through innovation is something that I'm very, very passionate about. Um <clears throat> excuse me, I believe highly in doing things with a purpose and a passion. So one of my pet peeves is just doing stuff this because we have to check it off the list. Um, and that's how I feel about community service a lot. Because I feel like we have the power to really um, change the world and change a lot of different things when you have great influence. You know, you're very, you know, smart and brave. I feel like you have the good power to change things. So I'm very i'm very particular about that um so i run a nonprofit named girl life unlimited and one thing that i'm going to be doing um hopefully over this next year i'm currently in the process of pitching for it and getting funding for it and working with um my city council for this um i'm in the process of opening up a community day center for homeless um teen girls and young women for my community. And so for me, that was dear to me because I'm a teacher and it opened up my eyes to how many homeless um, girls there were. I mean, there are homeless boys as well. However, there is no particular place for um, just teen girls and young women. Cause I mean, we have shelters, but you know, it's women in there who's like 50. And if you're 16 years old, that can be a little uncomfortable, a little intimidating um, for you as well to be in there with those people. And it's more of overnight shelters and not really just a day center. So my goal for that is to give them a place where they can come and get 
um, transition and development services that they need. Um, they need to cook, they can come cook, they can get meals there, they can wash their clothes, they can relax because one of the connections that I learned is that they don't look homeless, okay? I mean, they in school, but if they don't have an actual home to go to, they're sleeping from couch to couch or staying with a friend, like they are homeless on paper, but they might not feel homeless all the time because in their eyes, I'm going to go to my friend's house and sleep, but you're really homeless. Um, and so it's really today shows for them to kind of come in and get their stuff together, you know, um, job search, get help that they might need for certain things, workforce development, uh, some classes, uh, resources, things of that nature. So that is something that I'm working on. Um, I'm big on diversity, equity, inclusion. So I'm very um, big on equity. 14 girls. I'm big on equity for young adults. Um, I'm big on equity for minorities. And minorities is not always African-American. Minorities is, you know, um, um, Hispanics is considered minorities. Um, and with the school that I recently taught at, we had a lot of minorities. Um, we were, it was probably over 50% was probably Hispanic for my school. So I was, my eyes was opened up to a lot um, with how the school system was for minority people. And with me being, I was a special ed teacher this year. And so with me being a special ed teacher, it also opened up my eyes too more to the uh, resource and the equity available. And so some of the statement that I see based on education is that, um, what school systems aren't teaching us and actually being in the school system and looking at the curriculums, like we have a lot of standards based around those things that people feel that schools should be teaching us, you know, financial literacy, transition development, career development. They have standards for that, just whether or not that they are adopting those standards and teaching based around those standards. Um, but they do have standards for those. And um, it just opened up my eyes to providing, I was always big on equity, but just working, continuously working in school system, then this year working um, in a very diverse population, with a very diverse population, then working in special ed, it opened up my eyes a lot to um, the importance of equity for them. So providing them with resources, and I'm, I'm very stickler on accessible and attainable resources, so just because the resource is available does not mean it's accessible and attainable for them. So it has to be brought to the forefront forefront, and made easily accessible to those people in order for it to work. And there are a lot of resources in the school systems that are often overshadowed because they are not pushed and made accessible on the front end. So I'm making my job to showcase those resources that are made for those people. So that's just kind of a lot of things that I'm working on. Um, and I'm currently now working with um, student athletes, young adults and teens, like I said. So helping on transition to adulthood and with a focus on financial literacy, career development, mindset, personal growth, and entrepreneurship. And so my goal is to help them build um build their brand, their business, secure high-paying careers, um, and then educate them on credit and finances and improve their personal growth and mindset. So for you, when you were in college and even before that, was it kind of a vision for you to give back maybe to, to Birmingham specifically or whatever community you ended up in? Or was there like a specific passion for Birmingham? Like you cared about that city 
you felt that that city had potential and it wasn't reaching its potential in those areas? Yes. So it's always been a dream of mine since high school to do community service. Um, and the more um, I grew, I, I did workshops and community service in high school. So it always came natural to me and it was something I always wanted to do. And once I got to college, it opened my eyes even more. And once I got to college, um, something that bothered me was that um, we would do a lot of community service that was, to me, kind of just checking the boxes a lot. So I took it upon myself um, at one point to develop a few community service events that I felt could really make a difference. And um coaches at that particular school um, supported it. And so we moved forward and it turned out great. Um, and I was big on it too because of my passion grew even more um, because of me playing sports, how I've had a lot of coaches that um, invested into me a lot. And if with them investing into me and my mom and just the, the support I got, it was, that's the reason why I was able to um, achieve the things that I achieved in basketball, you know, and in sports, and it made a difference in my life. So I always wanted to um, just pour back into them. Um, and then as I got in college even more, and I was always very headstrong on my goals, my vision, I knew what I wanted to do. Um, so I was very focused, and it would bother me when I would see other athletes who go to school for four years, and have no clue they want to do afterwards. Um, and it bothered me when I would see them work dead-end jobs right after high school, I mean, right after college um, for a long period of time. So that was always uh, something that truly bothered me that I wanted to change. And so that's how all of that kind of just came about, um, wanting to give back through sports um, a lot, do a lot of meaningful things in the community, um, really make change because we really have the influence to do that through sports. Um, and then really helping those athletes transition into adulthood on uh, the current way. So I think just the general consensus, it's pretty rare these days to find people. I guess part of it is obviously we have social media, we have ways to travel more, the world's more. Um, you know, international, if you will, if you're just even talking about the United States, just, it's more state to state. It's not much community anymore. It's pretty rare to find people that are like, yes, I'm going to really target how I can give to this town or this city or this area, this group of people. Um, was it, you know, especially in college, did you feel kind of like, um, uh, like misunderstood maybe in your, your passion or your initiative for that? Um, I wouldn't really say misunderstood, but I will say um, at some point people will say, oh, you want to do a lie. You trying to do this and it. But I really think it was because it was rare to really see an athlete have aspirations outside of playing professional basketball or coaching. Like I never had no desires to play professional basketball. I never had no desires to um, coach. However, I did train to go overseas, but I ended up not being able to go. And I have coached before. And that was, you know, me giving back and, you know, just using some talents that I had um, and my gifts. But my dreams and aspiration was always to 
be a business owner, work with student athletes, work in my community, um, do X, Y, and Z, create stuff that haven't been created. So I've always dreamed of that. And I did want to come back and do things in my community because we needed it really, really bad. Um, and I'm from here and pretty much born and raised here. Um, and I was, a, you know, a standout star athlete here. So I feel like it made sense to continue to build those footsteps in my community. When those dreams started to transform, um, maybe into ideas or, you know, you wanted to put more effort into it. Um, how did you kind of maybe work past that, um, I don't know, lack of support, but maybe like just feeling alone and your kind of passion for it? Because like you said, not, you know, obviously there are student athletes that will have that same passion, but playing a college sport, it can kind of be all consuming. It's just about that. It's the only thing that's a part of you. How did you kind of work past that and kind of find your niche? Um, my mom was a great support system to me. And then I also too, um, just persevere, you know, um, and just push through. I very, you know, particular on keeping certain people out of my head because one thing that I experienced, um, and I'm sure other people have too, that when someone see you kind of disintegrating, everybody want to put their thoughts in your head, plant their thoughts in your head about what they think you should be doing and people want to live their dreams to you and do this and do that. And I had to, as I grow, continue to kind of zone out what's for me and what's not for me. And by doing that, um, that helped me just continue to push through instead of soaking in everybody's stuff. And when I soak, if you soak in all their stuff, then you're going to become stagnant, you're going to become stuck. But um, I mean, I wrote my dreams out all the time. I have plenty of journals where I constantly ran out new ideas, stuff I want to do, a new thought, you know, how I can transform this, you know, visiting uh, the idea from last year or something. Uh, and just embracing the journey um I actually started out with um I started out with the hair business in college and probably really maybe a year and a half ago that's when I realized it wasn't really what I wanted to do right now um and I went back to my purpose and my passion because I strongly feel that your passion your purpose will continue to call you back and for me, I never ran from it, but I was doing other little things in between, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like it has fully called me back full circle now. So that's kind of how I just stayed afloat with, um, I guess, being I was pretty much always the only one that dreamed of being a business owner. Now that I think about it, um, out of all the teams that I played for, of course, now things have changed, you know, entrepreneurship is being now and they have all the new rules now for, you know, athletes, you know, the NIL. So I do see some of my old teammates, you know, tapping into businesses and things. But, you know, throughout college, I was literally like the only one that I think about it. Um, <laughs> I always dream to doing stuff. And so they just said, but I just want to do so much. And, oh, Kiana. So, yeah. So you you would say you've always kind of been entrepreneurial minded throughout your life? Very, very, very much so. Um, even with my academics. Um, so I know when I first transferred from Auburn to UAB, 
um, I was looking at the degree tracks, you know, and I'll pick out my own class. All athletes, you got your own class, but I, before I stepped foot into like the guidance counselor and stuff like that, I'll go ahead and pick out everything I want to do. And I wanted to take more than one class and the kids, I mean, the athletes typically will take one class, but I presented two classes because that's what I wanted to take. And I wanted to get this out the way. I want to do S, Y, and Z. Um, and they accepted and they allowed me to do it. And I think I ended up getting both A's that summer or the A and B, something like that. Um, but I've always been entrepreneur minded, you know, even in high school, I would do my own workshops. Um, I would do my own community service events. Um, I would just do little things to make money around the house or in my neighborhood or something. Um, and that just carried over to me, uh, in college, you know, I work all the time in college, even though I play sports, I would work. Um, yeah, I would definitely work. I know at UAB, the boys team would drive the golf carts for, um, some guy who owned like this lot. So we had the Birmingham Barons and they would drive the golf carts to pick people up with their rides. And I would be the only girl from the girls team that was doing it. Cause I was like, well, I don't want to miss out. So I wanted to make money. I didn't, um, I didn't get Pell Grant in college. So, you know, other athletes, most of them got Pell Grant. Then they would get like more stipends. And at UAB, we got cost of attendance. Then if you have Pell Grant, you get like a shopping check or something. So they were getting a lot more things that I wasn't getting. I was just getting the basic, um, the regular scholarship that we got and getting the extras. Um, so I was just always, you know, a hard worker and just creative, you know. So how did uh, you obviously play basketball? What kind of purpose did that serve in your life playing the sport? Was it um, a vehicle to get you to where you wanted to be? Mm-hmm. Yes, sports was definitely a vehicle, and it only works if you make it work, you know. Um, there there could have been plenty of times where, you know, I get this example. I really could have stayed at UAB and just stuck it out and stayed in my comfort zone. However, I had used sports as a vehicle, and I wanted a meaningful master's degree for what I wanted to do in life. So I had to transfer to a school um, that had what I wanted to do. You know, my master's is in, uh, right now, I ended up finishing adult and continuing education. So I was looking for something more around like adult continuing education, higher ed, just something that I could use at a collegiate level for education, pretty much. And UAB didn't have anything for that. So I had to use sources to be helpful, or I could have just stayed at UAB and stayed in my comfort zone and not have moved. Um, it just stayed there, but I did not. On um, my network, I have a lot of contacts in my phone with people and coaches that I'm still, um, you know, in good hands with to this day that I can still call for a letter of recommendation um, that I do plan on working with as well through my business uh, to help their athletes as well. So just using sports as a vehicle in that way and networking and not just going through the motions. I feel like that's what um, most athletes do, just go through the motion, go to practice, go home, you know, don't meet people on campus. I know when I got to North Florida, uh, one of my teammates was like, girl, I've been here this, um, this month, fourth year here, and you just got here, and you know more people than I know from my home for years. I'm like, well, 
you know, I'm here, so I want to network um, and just continue to use use sports as a vehicle. Like we're on this earth to use resources, of course, for the right reasons, but you need to use them. Um, I just, I'm, I'm a strong believer in, you know, there's no need to go to school for four years and you come out and you not, you don't have not one um, colleague, professor, somebody who can call for a letter of recommendation, somebody who can call for a connection, just anything. So um, using sports as a vehicle definitely will take you a lot of places. Uh, what was that, that year, what was that period at UNF like for you? What did you try to achieve? during that time you mentioned that a little bit but what was like something you really wanted to target to to achieve there um honestly when I went to UNF I had no goals for basketball um I was a fifth year senior and I was just kind of over basketball at that point it was gonna be my third school um I was older so I was just like you know I want to go somewhere and just get some playing time and somewhere I can get a good degree um, and I knew I wanted to live in either Florida, Texas, Cali, or New York. Um, Cali was definitely off the list. And not that it was too far, but I kind of looked at, well, not kind of, but I would look at the schools that I would be playing. And they, my, it wasn't going to be feasible for my mom to be able to travel to those games because it would be, everything would be on the West Coast pretty much. Um, so that was pretty much that. Um, I had no goals really when I got to North Florida. Um, I did not know what to expect, but what I do know is that I hated it when I first got there. Uh, I was, I hated it. I almost transferred. I was very depressed. And just looking back at it, I was just really out of my comfort zone, pretty much. I was way out of my comfort zone. That was my first time being that far away um, from home. And I was used to my mom being at every single game every home game she was at no matter if she was leaving work early or not but she was there um uh, so it was definitely my comfort zone but um the staff that was the best staff like I ever played for from the the coaching staff to the athletic directors to the advisors um to my teammates you know they really helped me through it um and I I grew to love it after I got past that summer um I was pretty much good to go and I grew to love it and um yeah I mean I didn't everything I did there as far as basketball wise I did not expect to do it at all I did not but um it worked out that way yeah obviously had a great year uh but moving past that what was what's the trajectory of your life been since then since you moved on from college um it's been good um, I work working on my my goals, working in my community, uh, working in my career, I mean education. Um, afterwards, I ended up moving to Huntsville. Uh, I moved to Huntsville and I coached there with someone, and um, I worked in the school system. Um, and I was finishing up my degree online. And then once the basketball season goes with high school, I moved back to Birmingham to take on a job in higher ed where I was um, an enrollment support specialist for a local community college. And then um, actually ended up quitting the job to move back to Florida to actually train that year to go overseas. Um, and then it was 2019, but I ended up being diagnosed with endometriosis. So I did not go overseas because of that. Um, it was really new to me and I was in a lot of pain. I didn't want to go that far, um, while dealing with it. Cause I didn't really know 
much about it. Um, so after that, I ended up taking a teaching job. I taught PE at a middle school. Um, and then I coached volleyball there and I coached at my old high school, which is Center Point High School. Um, it used to be Earn at one point, but it's Center Point now. And so I coached basketball there. Um, we actually made it to the final four that year. And that was the first year that we've been since I played, which was back in like, I think last time we went was maybe like 2012 um, for the champ for the final four. And so we actually made it that year um, while I was there with them. Um, and then pandemic happened and I took a work, oh, about a year off from work. Um, and then I taught this past year in special ed. So that's been pretty much my career um nine to five as people say and then just building my business and working in my community um working in the nonprofit, um creating my partnerships and things of that nature so so being in the work world and and doing different things and you've tried that was a lot of different variety too that was yes. i mean that's part of that's a lot of variety and i'm sure it's open your eyes to a lot of things as well. Mm -hmm. What's some advice that you would give to yourself um, looking back like your to yourself that was in college? What was some what would be some advice you would give uh, with that information that you have? Um I probably would have um done my I probably would have tapped into education a lot sooner. Uh, I would have talked into education a lot sooner. Um, and what else advice would I give? Um, I probably would have done more internships as well. Um, I did do a few internships in my younger years and in college, but I would have done more internships and tapped into education. Um, a lot sooner than what I did. Is that some of the same advice that you'd give to a lot of student athletes, uh, whether or not it's um, basketball? Yeah, I would definitely say tap into internships as early as possible. I mean, it, it helps take out the guesswork once you graduate about what it is you want to do and what it is you don't want to do. Um, I always knew I wanted to work around the educational Rim, but more so um the higher ed the higher ed level so uh, academic advising but teaching was going to be my backup because I knew I could pivot into it with a teaching uh an alternative teacher certification I was going to be able to just go into that more easily but um I would have uh, tapped into it a little sooner and figured out what type of um class I wanted to teach in the K through 12 setting um a lot sooner if I think it would have definitely made a, a bigger difference but I mean I like the journey I went but uh it would open my eyes a lot sooner in the educational sector um so yeah that's one of my biggest advice for them is definitely stay open um to the possibilities uh don't burn bridges never say never um network 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 every job I've gotten was from who I knew and that from submitting a job application um for this honorary doctorate uh, I actually had two of my old athletic directors at the college level who wrote um, two of my letter recommendations. When I was at UNF, I actually got an internship at Generation Wow. So 
So that's we um no no if you're familiar with her, but Donna Orender. I think she actually has a partnership with UNF now for uh, career development with Pilpsy. And um she was the ex-president of the WBA at one point. Um and she had a national nonprofit there. So I was able to get that internship um from networking with um Shanette Sparks. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. Okay, I said I know she's been around, but Shanette, she invited me to an alumni event one night. It was right after practice. And so that's why I say you have to just push through and persevere because I literally just said, change my clothes and walk over there. I didn't get to go shower, eat, nothing. So I changed my clothes and walk over there. I was very tired and wanted to go home. But um, I went and I networked and a lady said, well, my good friend just got the executive director position. Um, well, I didn't say she just got it, but she was currently the executive director. And I could see what she was looking for. and. Uh, I reached out to her and maybe a week later we interviewed and then another week later um, I got the opportunity to intern at a national level nonprofit and really learn in the intimate space from them. Um, so networking, be open, don't burn bridges, prepare early, um, work on your credit and save your money. Those are the biggest things because, you know, once you graduate and you need to move, it's a burden if you don't have at least 3,000 saved. I know that might sound a lot to a college student, but that's probably, you know, it's a freshman 50 to $100 a month. And that's that's enough money to move or get a down payment on a car once you graduate. So it definitely would um, help you. So those are just really a lot of my biggest advice to um college students and really start thinking about truly what is you want to do and be realistic with yourself you have to be realistic with yourself there's a lot of practical advice even down to having some money in the bank i mean and and knowing you're getting a your credit score up too because i mean those things are um you can be very easily insulated from that when you're, you know, playing in college, or even if you're not a student athlete, it's obviously there's objectives that you have in front of you. You've got to get a good grade that semester. You've got to get this paper done and so on and so forth. And that stuff goes away. And now all of a sudden you're dealing with credit scores to even get an apartment sometimes, or you need a job or um, proof of employment to get that apartment. And it's not even yeah. like getting a house. It's just to get an apartment. And it's like, <laughs> But doesn't everybody have an apartment? I understand that there's this other step involved here. So a lot of that stuff is important. I think more schools are realizing that. And, um, you know, as, as college becomes even more and more common uh, to, to instill that in students um, and student athletes, it's very important. And I think there's also a market for it um, today. You know, there's an obvious need. Um those are a lot of things there. What, is there a role model or two, whether it's in family or not, that kind of um, got you on this path and opened your eyes to these things? Um, my mother, um, I mean, my mom was hard on me since I was little. And as I get old, I told her thank you. I mean, she made, I was interning in high school. I was doing this, I was doing that. I'm like, why I gotta do all this? I got so much time. And it just it just made it kind of stick to me. Uh, she taught me how to take control of my future. I mean, even since I was a freshman, 
our research classes, you know, um, figure out what class I'm taking. Is this class going to help me with my goals? Should I do X, Y, and Z? Should I do this? Should I do that? Um, it's actually crazy because my freshman year, um, I got fussed at because we were choosing our schedules and I told them that I wasn't taking this class because I don't plan on being here next year and I, I can't transfer. So I'm not going to waste my time taking it. And they went back and told my coach and she fussed at me. And I mean, I took it, but at the end of the day, it was just like, you know, my future is still important to me. And I don't want to waste a, a free college credit course when I can take something else that would matter. So I didn't take that class, long story short. Um, but my mom has been my biggest uh, inspiration to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had other celebrities, you know, um, around that I have kind of looked up to for certain things. Um, I look up to Taraji P. Henson, um, Beyonce. I like her work ethic, so that's what, listening to her, it helps keep me going as well. Eric Thomas, Steve Harvey, um, those type of people. But I listen to all these people for different reasons, but actually just my everyday inspiration is my mom, you know, to give me that practical inspiration practical inspiration it's one thing to be inspired for the bigger picture but you still need that practical everyday um inspiration so yeah um I actually ended up um I actually ended up I brought a house early in 2019 I think um I actually brought it with our NCAA refund check that we got. Um, what was it? I forgot what it's called, but whatever money they had owed us, um, the NCAA, they came out with some, the settlement, they finally gave us the money. So I brought me a house with that money. Um, and that was because I just continued to always push myself and I was studying. I don't know when the money was coming. I didn't even know if we were really about to get it yet, but I was just kept preparing and trying to figure out if I wanted to get an investment or if I want to buy a house, what I want to do. And I was like, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And so it kind of worked out. And I learned a lot of stuff throughout the process. And then with me going straight into teaching, um, it helped me out a lot. So just knowing that kind of stuff, but all of that just comes from having the right person around you and really seeking a qualified mentor. So that's that's the big one of the biggest pieces that I did not mention is having a qualified um mentor and not just looking at you know if they got money or if they got this and that but actual wisdom and practical guidance to help you yeah that can be uh hard to find what what advice do you give in finding a mentor obviously you talk to a guy like Steve Harvey, his clips are viral on social media. He'll have sound bites and stuff like that. And you can, there's so many examples of people like that on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram now, but how do you like find those people in real life? Do you think? Um, so in real life, I think one of the first steps is determining what are your values that you want to live by in life, what's important to you. Um, but once you find that, then it's going to weed out everybody else you think you want to work with because they're not going to have the same values as you. So it's never going to work that's with anything you know even with job searching um it's important to know that um so find the values and then going out and kind of pretty much networking and keeping your um 
eyes and ears open and just being able to use good discernment about who's actually pouring into you and wants you to better your vision or are they trying to live through you that's one of the biggest things plus you if you're young people try to take advantage of you and think you just clueless and want to say oh you should do x y z with your life and it ain't got nothing to do with what you want to do you know and they think well if you do this you'll be able to reach this goal no I don't want to do that. I don't have to do that, you know. Uh, so that's really been the biggest way with finding a mentor um, and just talking. You're not going to know until you talk to people. And when you start talking to them, you'll kind of see what wisdom they would give you. I mean, because people that I consider a uh, everyday mentor, it was really just from having that initial conversation and being able to see what type of wisdom they were giving me before I even say I want to be my mentor I would just have conversation and it would naturally kind of come to me and then two um you know your your mentor is somebody that you'll be able you'll have most mentors but people you can ask for actual um grounded advice for certain things you know so I have people that I might talk to about a big purchase that I want to do or something you know business-wise or career-wise you know they all going to serve a different purpose and then you also might have that one mentor you talk to them about everything so my mom is my overall mentor so I'm talking about all different categories but I still have other people who is probably you know a master in real estate and a master in business on they've probably been you know education or this field for this many years so then I might talk to them about something in Pacific um, you know, even as that, even down to the smallest stuff like buying a car. I'm in the process now of um, trying to buy a new car, and um, one of me and her actually friends, but she's in her 40, so I feel weird sometimes calling her my friend because I'm 27. But she's my friend. I also tell her she's my mentor too. So I even talked to her about my car buying because I want I need to make a smart purchase. I want a nice car, but I need a smart purchase with us being in inflation and recession and everything that's going on so um we determined that alexis is going to be the smartest person out of all my options you know how the other shiny object objects look feasible but 12 months down the line i'm gonna be wishing that i just got the Lexus and been done with it um so that's really the biggest thing with um finding the the mentor but you got to know your values and what it is that you're standing for um right off the back and don't always look into um money and be willing to another thing too i would say for athletes with chasing your dreams and your career is to be willing to take a pay cut because the thing now with my generation of young people they a lot of them don't want to work they want for themselves they want to make six figures they want this and every rally of it is I mean, where are you going to develop the skill set, you know, but if you're willing to, not saying that's not possible, but we are practical and realistic, the more percentage is that you're going to have to have a career in a nine to five. So, and sometimes it's okay to take a pay cut to learn what you need to learn and get those benefits. Me being a teacher, who's like, oh, teachers don't make a lot of money. I have great benefits. I have flexibility. I have, you know, um, if I need to leave to go do this and that. I know I'm off at three every day. 
if I need to call in sick, I can fit in the sick day. I don't have to turn in doctor's excuse. I don't have to get this. I have to get that. I know I can plan ahead of the year because we already have the calendar laid out. So it's a lot of um, perks and benefits that's helping me with my business. Then me working in the school system, I'm already in so I can learn what it is I need to learn for my business versus being stuck on the money and now I'm working a job, you know, for 5 p.m., everything closed, you know, I got to put in the request to be off, you know, so it's just a lot of different things, pros and cons, so you got to be willing to downgrade for a year um, to get ahead the next year. Yeah, it's all those hidden variables that don't show up on a job application, you know, you look at a maybe uh you know the application itself but also the description of what the job is and you kind of have this picture that really just um is associated to the job itself it's not associated to you know I, if it is a big deal for me to not be able to get off or to get off at three because it allows me to go to the gym or work on a side gig or do something else like if that's something you really really want that becomes maybe an extra ten thousand dollars for you internally but you're not making that ten thousand dollars but in the end it's worth it or yeah it might be where's the platform for you to learn those skills that you need to be an entrepreneur a lot of those big names and that's i mean social media is one of the biggest problems with this is it a lot of those big names that do come to the fold in social media that are those mentors that do make money they are maybe in their late thirties or forties, they're not going to be in their twenties. And there's that expectation that they're going to be, unless you're in entertainment, it's pretty hard, you know? So all those things are very important. And I think uh, there's going to be a field for that um, at the high school and college level more and more and more um, as time goes on. It's just the, the reality of it. And a lot of it's just because of, how visible everything is today, um, how mm -hmm. you get a, you get a peek into other people's lives that you didn't even 20 years ago, you couldn't just mm -hmm. pull up the internet. And I want to know what this person's like that works in this field. Now you can just go on Instagram and you kind of get a snapshot might not be real. Um, mm -hmm. so all those, all those things, uh, certainly play a part. Um, Absolutely. any, any people reach out to you after you got that award the other day, any special people that reached out or a lot of people see it or were they asking you questions about it? Yes. Um, I had a lot of people, um, reach out to me, you know, and they're like, Oh, I just always wonder how does that work? You know? Um, and what are you up to now? And, you know, wanting to work together and things of that nature. So, I did have a lot of people reach out to me um, and it was all, you know, love and positivity. So that was a great part about it. Uh, so you, we talked about it a little bit, but like five, 10 years down the road, what's the dream kind of, what's the, what's the ideal for you? Um, my biggest dream by five, 10 years down the road is to have a fully funded um, day center, have all of my programs fully funded. Um, I want to be able to serve over, 1,000 teens, student athletes, and young adults per quarter um, each year. And what else do I want to do? Um, I want to have a million dollar real estate portfolio. Um, what else do I want to do? And oh, one of my dreams is to, uh, I want to 
I'm working, well, one of my services is community engagement consulting. So being able to work with um, celebrities and pro athletes and just, you know, wealthy people um, who have money and want to do things in their community. So being able to transform lives in their community um, through their platform and being able to put those things together um, for them. So those are like some of my really big dreams over the next uh, 10 years and just continuing to open up stuff um, in my community. Um, it was, I've, I've been thinking lately on some, some new ideas of things that I do want to open up my community, um, but they come to me as I continue to just kind of drive through and kind of see what's missing, you know? Um, so, yeah. What's, uh, what's the reality like now that you have this uh, vision, you know, like you just mentioned that you're driving down the street and something catches your eye or some idea. Do you see the world kind of differently now than maybe five years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, now that I have grown more and learned more on uh, grown and, you know, my financial literacy, um, and I've grown more with, you know, being able to use my discernment as I get older, it's easier now for me to uh, know who to contact about my idea and who to listen to, not listen to as I continue on this journey. So that's when the discernment part come in and then growing more my financial literacy is showing me uh, how much easier it is to get it than what I probably used to think about, you know, when it comes down to getting it and just knowing how to um, make my money do X, Y, and Z in order to get, you know, abc or whatever so um and just continuing to think strategically every time i drive through my community but that's what everything i do i have to really think strategically so if something don't happen like i think it's supposed to happen at that moment i know okay it's the reason i go to the drawing board and think a little deeper or think you know strategize a little bit better it must be a a better way to do an easy way to do a more cost efficient way to do or somebody that's better at doing it that I need to hire than the person that I thought about um, using. Um, so that's that's pretty much that. I was gonna say with the financial literacy too, like with the investments, like that's why it's important for them um, to really work on them, like having those mentors and staying grounded because I was thinking about this, you know, earlier, there are many ways to do things, but with financial literacy and building wealth, passive income, you know, making money, you really just find what works for you. And then you gotta tune out the risk. Real estate is not for everybody. Owning vending machines is not for everybody. Yeah. Bitcoin is not for everybody. And it's not the end of the world if you don't do it a certain way. You just have to figure out which one is better for you and then um, building on that. Um, so that's my thing with that. And then, you know, with the career development piece that you were mentioning um, is also to uh, really kind of open up the student athlete eyes to more high-paying careers because, you know, even now, like during the pandemic, I learned about so many jobs that you don't think to just search, you know. I've seen someone who make six figures replacing the clickers on the mouse, you know. So just small types of jobs and job titles and descriptions that you and I, you know, really think about, you know, in, especially in tech and with tech, I'm striving to bring more um, more insight on it for student athletes because 
with tech, it's a buzzword, and then people get kind of scared and they think about it. But in reality, we use tech in everything in our life. And then the other reality is if you work in tech, they have a department for everything, just like another store. You know, they have communications department, they have project management, project coordinators, you know, web designers, customer support. Um, they have everything that you can possibly think of. And, you know, and for example, if a student athlete, you know, go home for the summer and maybe work in call center job, those are transferable skills that they can use with their degree to get a, um, a customer success or a customer support job in a tech and they can graduate college, you know, um, making, you know, 75 to 80K right off the bat working remote just from that experience, you know, from college. And then maybe one or two more smaller certification that might take a few months to get. But just bringing insights to those little things and then, you know, keeping the career development departments kind of abreast of um, new trends and new job markets because, of course, the athletes are going to always say, well, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, but well, let's look at more profitable careers that kind of can still push you in those positions because, you know, a lot of stuff they might want to do is just not going to make money. And that's just reality of, you know, you go to school for sports management. Okay, what do you want to do with it? You know, what are the chances of you coming straight in is just really being an agent right off the bat? You know, how many clients are you really going to have to get to really make that money? And then it's super competitive now. And what's your competitive advantage if you have no experience right away and you don't know how to negotiate, don't know much about public relations? You know, they don't, they, they teach that in college, but those kids who's probably not being student athletes, they're probably constantly interning throughout the year and getting the stuff ahead because um, they just have more time. So, just really open up those athletes to more of those small, um, high-paying jobs that are um, in tech because there are a lot of them now where they really don't even need um, degrees. I know a lot of people who have like cloud architecture, cloud engineer certifications that took them less than a year in cybersecurity and they're making Oh, 100K, barely working, many hours. They're technical recruiters, job recruiters. Um, U.S. designer, people who create the websites for people. So, you know, just those type of things. Anything else that you would want to pitch out there or share, Kiana? Um, You guys can check out my website for any services. It's called champsandsuccess.com. Um, and then kianafarmer.com. But, you know, the athlete side is more the champsandsuccess.com. Um, you know, University of North Florida, if you guys want to bring me in for some workshops, you know, I have transition development programs. I have financial literacy programs. I have a lot to offer this university as someone who has attended and knows the importance. And I have lived this. And I'm also pitching it too because you know other angles that I am taking with this with working with colleges and universities um is that um you guys have alumni programs you guys want alumni to come back and give money alumni have to be making money or to come back and give money so when you invest into alumni on the front end to help them get those high-paying careers they will be able to come back and invest more money in so it's a part of alumni engagement as well so you know you guys can bring me if anything i am open to it 
Awesome. I appreciate it. Kiana. I'm glad that uh, we got to go down this, this route too. It's definitely an important one. And um, it'd be great to share this, this interview for student athletes, not just in, in women's basketball. So uh, it's good to meet you as well. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.